now tuned in to Crypto for Planners. All financial advisors are welcome to Crypto for Planners. Crypto for Planners. All right, welcome to the Crypto for Planners CFP podcast, the only CFP that really matters. I am Adam Blumberg, one of the co-founders of of InterAxis and the Certified Digital Asset Advisor course, and also one of the co-founders of PlannerDAO, which brings you the Crypto for Planners podcast. Today, we have a special guest. We actually have another financial advisor in in with us uh, as our guest. Jackson Wood is here, and uh, we we have a, a tweet that got me um, Jackson's kind of been on my radar. We've been talking for a while about crypto stuff and, and Bitcoin. And when I saw this certain tweet from him that I will reference in just a little bit, I immediately reached out to him and said, uh, this is great. I love it. I would love to interview you on the podcast and talk a little bit more about it. But first, Jackson, I'll let you talk about yourself and your practice. And then we will get into the subject of, of why we're actually here chatting today. Awesome. Well, Adam, I appreciate the invite to the podcast. Um, my name is Jackson Wood. I'm a financial advisor with Freedom Day Solutions. Um, we're an independent RIA based in Houston, Texas, and then you know, clients all around the country. Um, I actually got started in finance after my involvement in crypto. So I, I first got into Bitcoin um, in 2012. You know, it happened to be just in the right place at the right time as an economics student, undergrad economics student. Um, after I got out of college, I got a job with Fidelity Investments on the trading desk. Uh, quickly realized I liked interacting with people a lot more than just with computers and charts. So I became an advisor, launched my own RIA um, back in 2018, and then grew that until uh, ultimately joining Freedom Day. Um, I'm based in Idaho, clients all, all around the U.S. Um, we you know, we manage money in um, kind of a unique way, I think. We have a, a, our own fund that trades. We do all of our research in-house. Um, and cryptocurrency is a part of our strategy, um, something that we don't recommend to every client, but we're certainly open to it. Um, and my journey is through crypto is, is kind of um, evolving day by day as I kind of see the advancements in the DeFi ecosystem and, and what's happening with you know, decentralized finance and stable coins and, and the tokens. So I'm really excited to, to be here and kind of share what I've learned on my journey here through crypto. Okay, so we'll start real quickly with you said that you do have cryptocurrency as you know part of your solution, and we'll talk about that in in a moment. But first, I wanted to get to uh, again this tweet that you put out there that's kind of the subject of, of why uh, I wanted to talk to you today, and it was from December eighth, twenty twenty one, and it just said, "I cannot even begin to express how amazing the DeFi ecosystem is. I am fully DeFi baptized." So. <laughs> yeah. What what brought you to that conclusion of of not being able to express that? You mentioned before that your you started you know learning about Bitcoin early on, which you were fortunate enough to get in there. So what brought you to this point where you you feel so strongly about that that you got to put it on on Twitter? That's a pretty strong statement to say I'm fully DeFi baptized, especially coming from my financial advisor. So what yeah. happened to get you to that point? Yeah, I. Uh... The, the holy gospel of decentralized finance is just kind of mind blowing to me. Um, one of the things I learned in managing money from from my partner and mentor Ryan Kruger is to always have an open mind and and be humble enough to you know look around and look for other opportunities. And so I started my my journey in crypto through Bitcoin, and and you would probably other people would call me a Bitcoin maximalist, where I you know I thought Bitcoin was was all there was going to be. It was the best digital currency or digital asset that will ever be created. 
And I remember the Ethereum, the original offering. I, I remember reading the white paper and wondering what a smart contract was. I remember trading you know, these, these tokens, but the only one I truly believed in long-term and, and holding was, was Bitcoin. And it wasn't until I kind of pulled back that, that curtain and, and was humble enough to look and say, you know, what is this all about? What is this technology doing? Um, I got a bad taste in my mouth after the ICO boom and subsequent bust in 2017. And I think a lot of people did as well. And, and it, quietly in the background, you know, uh, developers and coders were building DeFi and building these rails for this entire new financial system to be operating um, on top of uh, the Ethereum network or other, you know, smart contract capable tokens and coins, um, which exclude Bitcoin, right? Bitcoin isn't capable of doing that. And so I didn't want to be missing out on something. The, hum the humility that I had that allowed me to understand Bitcoin, I didn't want to not have that opportunity again. And, and so I, I dove into DeFi and, and tried to learn what it was all about. Admittedly, you know, a couple of years too late. I'm a little bit behind the curve on DeFi of when I first started hearing about it and watching the tokens and seeing what was you know, being created with Uniswap and all that. Um, but now that I'm there, you know, I don't think it's a, a fully perfected ecosystem. I don't think that it's going to revolutionize traditional finance, but I think that over the course of the next you know, decade or so, more things than not will operate on those rails of digital currencies and digital assets instead of the way that they're currently operating. And I think it's complementary to what advisors want to do and want to accomplish for their clients. So I, I think it's really important. And that's what really led me to, to say I was baptized by DeFi is you know, I'm, I'm there now. And I, but, but the good news is, you know, we built frameworks to think about this and be cautious with this as we start to invest and start to explore it. Okay. Well, that it, again, it's so interesting to hear an advisor, to hear a planner go from uh, Bitcoin, and as you said, have the humility to say, look, I, you know, most advisors don't even like Bitcoin. They, they say, I, you know, I don't understand where it has value, you know, it's going to zero, criminal activity, all the things that, that we've heard about it for a while. Yeah. And to understand for you, it, it's great to say, look, I had to have some level of humi humility to even go into Bitcoin, which I'm sure has been frustrating for you trying to get others to understand it. I mean, not that you're, you're I'm sure not pushing your clients into Bitcoin or into crypto, but I'm sure there's others in your life. I mean, for me, it's, it's you know, my dad and, and whomever else saying, I can't believe you're still doing that. You know, we had <laughs> friends that say uh, you can come live with us when all that comes, you know, comes crashing down um, yeah. and to, to have that. But then to have that level of humility to say, you know what, if I'm trying to get those people to understand and they don't, maybe there's something further for me to understand. And I need to get out of this kind of, uh, you know, as you say, maximalism world and say, what, what else has has been built? Because what we say, all the, what we talk about all the time is. Bitcoin started the process, right? It, it proved the model. It proved the concept that you can get a decentralized group to do something. And the only incentive you need to give them is this, you know, theoretically this made up currency, but they'll actually do it. Right. DeFi, you know, Ethereum, you know, smart contract blockchains and, and now DeFi have taken that steps further. So what in there within DeFi has gotten you, you know, so excited? Yeah, so you know, all of this to my maximalist friends is because of Bitcoin. So I think that there's a little bit of a, you know, kind of checkmate there for, for the Bitcoin nerds. Wait, real, real quick, I, I want to point out that it's funny that you have maximalist friends. Like, <laughs> not that you have them, but but they're, they're referring to them as my maximalist friends. Do they, yeah. after you wrote that, was it like, 
stressful to write that, put that on Twitter and be like, man, maybe these guys aren't going to talk to me anymore. Do you get thrown out of the club? You know, luckily, I don't think any of them saw the tweet. Um, okay. But I, I did think about that prior to, oh, I'm going to get messages from this person and this person, and this person. I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to go on a phone call here and defend my position here. But, um, you know, check one to the to the maximalists and not as a derogatory term, because I, I think that, you know, people that understand Bitcoin to their the extent that they do are, are so far ahead of this that, you know, credit to them for, for being humble enough to think about this. Um, but but DeFi, you know, for, for a long time, I, I thought, you know, DeFi is just uh, ICOs that are unregulated IPOs. And there's going to be a regulatory framework that come in and crush these companies and crush any of the bag holders of these tokens. And they're not doing this in a regulatory framework. And then I started learning about DEXs. And then I started learning about liquidity pools. And I started learning about staking. And I started learning about the opportunity that retail investors have for the first time in history to act as market makers and to make yield and to generate income from staking assets. I learned about borrowing against crypto positions and liquidity. I learned about swaps. I learned about self-repaying loans. I learned about stable coins. I just had a piece with Coindesk come out this morning about stable coins. Um, and all of this is acting as a bridge and it's not revolutionizing and taking everything we've learned over the last two centuries in traditional finance and, and turning it on its head. The way I view it is we're finally allowing technology to improve what we're already doing. You know, we're not reinventing the wheel here. We're just making it that much more efficient. And the opportunity to participate in these previously exclusive clubs of lending and market making and, and part helping build ecosystems of liquidity um, are available to anybody with a computer and a MetaMask wallet. And, and that to me is why I call myself baptized because those principles are proven. They're proven ways to build wealth and to diversify and to protect your assets. And now they're available to anybody that has a computer and some money that they can contribute to the ecosystem. And the more people that contribute, the stronger this becomes and the more lives that it changes. So that that's what got me excited. I don't mean to sound you know, like a preacher here, but it, it really is unlocking tremendous opportunities for retail investors that were previously you know, for the ultra high net worth and, you know, the exclusive members of the club. Exactly. We, we say what I say a lot of times is it's just a natural evolution. We took systems that were, that were older. There was a traditional financial system that was essentially built not to necessarily give banks or give governments or give those entities all this power. It's because we had to outsource trust to somebody. We had to have some entity that would that would work on underwriting. They would take my money and take on the role of lending it to somebody else because that's how the economy goes because I wasn't going to go find all the people that had to borrow my money. I had to have the bank do it. And there was just a time when the banks basically took advantage of that trust. We had 2008 happen, which happens to be when Bitcoin came out. So the to me, the idea of DeFi is just a, a it's taking what the developer developers of Bitcoin did and taking it steps farther, saying the technology worked. Now we can go uh, farther with it. And I'll tell you this also, when we go through our course and it's a six week course and we start with Bitcoin and the basics. And of course, we have to spend a tremendous amount of time teaching financial advisors about Bitcoin and custody. When we get to the, the few weeks of DeFi, that's when the light bulbs start going off, because, you know, as an advisor, you know where the inefficiencies are. You know what your what your clients can and can't invest in, and you know what those companies or what those high net worth or, or accredited investors are able to get in terms of yield and risk and everything that most clients and most investors are not able to 
And then you know about things like T plus three settlement and how ridiculous it is with the technology we have. And, and so it's just, it, it's kind of just a natural evolution, right? Yeah, that's what I that's how I view it. And you know, for the first time in history, anybody can participate in the in this market as long as they're willing to you know educate themselves and learn the mechanics of how you you know swap assets on MetaMask and how you stake and contribute to a liquidity pool and all that. Um, not to be you know, so confident in the sense of like, I, d I don't think that this ecosystem is completely free of scammers or projects that are just completely bogus. I mean, there's a tremendous amount of caution that you need to take when you get into this world. Um, but as it matures and grows, the ecosystem will be better at, you know, finding those rug pool, you know, scams earlier. Um, and the nature of cryptocurrency is it's transparent. So, you know, you're really making this a grassroots movement that can strengthen you know, tying it back as an advisor, it can strengthen the balance sheet of all of our clients, right? If, it, if it's used right, it can be a monumental um, tool to help people get closer to financial freedom or, or successful retirement or whatever their financial goals are. So, uh, you know, we had to trust the banks. Now we don't have to trust the banks. We have to just trust the code. And, uh, you know, I, I'd rather do that than, than trust some cent centralized entity. So, yeah, that's kind of the idea. Okay, so we, you and I could probably go back and forth all day on the theoretical, which is what I really love to do. And I love to dive into all these protocols and think about how great it's going to make the world and how many more people are going to have access. But as a, a financial advisor, as a financial planner, where do you see, uh, not necessarily just Bitcoin, but where do you see DeFi in client portfolios? Maybe not, ne well, now and you know in the future, in the next one, two, three, five years. And what do you think needs to happen um, to, to get more and more clients and to feel more comfortable with clients getting involved potentially directly in DeFi? Yeah, this is a really good question and something that we had to discuss a lot internally at our firm before we ever mentioned the word DeFi to a client or answered a question that they came to us with. So we built a framework that we call the three S's um, for our portfolio management. So we have our safe money as our first sleeve, which is you know insured municipal bonds, I bonds, cash, just liquidity, right? Cash in a bank. Boring, good old-fashioned safe money that you need, emergency fund money. Our second sleeve is what we call our sacred money. So this is time-tested, proven strategies. We favor a dividend growth equity strategy. So we are actively managing a portfolio of companies that um, are growing their dividend over time. The companies that have been around for a long time, some of them been around and paid dividends for four times as long as Bitcoin has ever existed. So we build and focus on that strategy of something that regardless of what happens to the crypto ecosystem or these speculative assets, clients can sleep well at night knowing they've got money in companies that we're researching and, and have strong fundamentals. Um, once we kind of go through those two, the safe money and the sacred money, we get into what we call our speculative sleep. And for years, we've run a, an in-house SMA with you know 60 individual growth names. So, you know, tech companies and companies that aren't qualified to be in our sacred sleeve, but perhaps they're growing, they're accelerating. A lot of tech is in that sector. And in that sleeve is where we express our cryptocurrency um, position. And a part of that cryptocurrency position in that sleeve would be Bitcoin, Ethereum, you know, stable coins, perhaps, and then tokens or, or decentralized finance. And so we think it belongs in there where if we get this wrong and, you know, we don't think we're going to be wrong. And we haven't been wrong up to this point, but if something happens, unfavorable regulation you know, pushes back um, progress in this industry for five years or something, uh, you know, get hacked, whatever, personal risk, ecosystem risk, you know, we've still got these other you know, sleeves of our portfolios for our clients to, 
to be comfortable with. But if we get it right, then it sweetens the overall financial plan. It accelerates their retirement date. It accelerates how much they can give in retirement or what their kids will get in their, you know, their beneficiaries or they buy something that they've always wanted. And so we express it in that speculative sleeve as a portion that sits nicely right alongside, you know, more aggressive uh, growth equities. Uh, and so it represents a portion of that. Now, if we get it right and if DeFi improves and grows the way that we think it will, then we're doing an analysis on these individual tokens, right? And, and what we want to hold. And so you'll replace the vehicle, you know, we'll be making you know, fundamental analysis reports on tokens instead of specific equities that we have there. And perhaps we could see a token, um, you know, a company represented by a token move into our sacred sleeve from our speculative sleeve, because it's a very solid, you know, company, it's got a dividend or a yield or airdrop, or however, it's going to work in the future when these companies share their profits. Um, and so I, I foresee over the course of the next 10 years, you know, we will see DeFi and cryptocurrency move away from our speculative sleeve. There will always be speculative projects, but they'll belong in our sacred sleeve or perhaps even our safe sleeve. Stable coins, you know, there's FDIC insurance and they provide yield. We don't count them right alongside like treasuries or cash in a bank yet. There's a little more risk there. But perhaps as the ecosystem evolves and, and as things mature, you know, we'll see tokens and equities in, in the same sleeve. Um, and in order to get there, we, I think we need more regulation. I think we need um, the regulators to do something. They haven't said anything. Um, you know, they've given as little guidance as we possibly have. They're, they're approving triple leveraged ETFs all the time and ETNs, and they're not even approving a spot Bitcoin ETF. Uh, yeah, just, just tell us something. Just, just give <laughs> us a, here's, here's what we need for something to be compliant. And therefore, we as advisors will feel comfortable putting our clients in it or you, the SEC or whomever have told us you absolutely 100% can't do this. But in the absence of that, it's just kind of a, well, I would like to put my clients in this. The SEC hasn't told me no, but at some point they could come down and tell me no. Yeah. You know, if you're an advisor, for example, and you're buying a token that then is deemed to be a security, well, you're an advisor now giving advice on a security, but there's risk there in the price movement. Of what happens if you know something like the Uniswap token or SushiSwap token becomes a, deemed a security? You know what's going to happen to the price there, and advisors have this responsibility to protect their clients against that. So that's a risk that oftentimes discourages advisors from going out and investing in these these platforms and these tokens. And um, the lack of regulation is is really you know stifling advisor progress here. But it's better that we're better now than we have been, um, and I think we'll get more guidance. I think there was a hearing on stablecoins scheduled for today or perhaps it's tomorrow. Um, so they're getting around to it. They're just, you know, good old fashioned government happens to be out five to 10 years late to this. So we'll see what happens. But if we get favorable approval and regulation, I think that the, the ecosystem will continue to evolve. And at some point you'll see tokens sitting right alongside your traditional stock equities or debt instruments in a, in a normal portfolio, just happen to be a, a different custodian, but they'll accomplish the same, the same goal. Right. Or, or as you said, you, you know, in, in your sleeve where you're showing yield or income, it could potentially be stable coins that are earning some sort of income or yield for your clients. And that fulfills some of that because there's absolutely, uh, as you know, for years, it's been very hard to find any sort of yield or income anywhere in the traditional finance world because interest rates have been so low that, that no one has to pay much of a dividend. To, they don't have a very high hurdle rate, right? Real estate doesn't even have to pay very well because yeah. interest rates are so low that they don't really need to. So it would be nice, you know, in my mind and in my world that I, you could put clients, you know, using stable coins into something that is relatively safe, figure out how to keep the smart contract safe 
And if they can be earning four, five, six percent on a stable coin, that's that's pretty decent income right there. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, if you look at, you know, Curve or you look at even what the custodians like Gemini are doing there, they're paying 8% on their stablecoin position. You can go off off exchange onto the chain and you can, you know, stake some money in a stablecoin liquidity pool and earn 10, 11, 12%. Your interest is paid daily. It's liquid, liquid every day. You can pull it out. There's no real risk of, you know, smart contract risk because these are vetted. You can buy insurance on it, right? You can stake money and you can buy insurance through DeFi um, that cover, you know, what, what they call in this world a rug pool or a smart contract risk where some hacker exploits the wallet and drains all the money. There's insurance in this. The, the, the crypto ecosystem is not waiting for TradFi to catch up, right? They are just innovating at the speed of light, it seems like. And we'll be left in the dark if our industry will be left in the dark if we don't have a strategy here. And so it, it goes back to being humble enough to look at these opportunities just because it's been a certain way for the last 80 years doesn't mean that's never going to change. Um, and, and to me, a lot of it changes for financial advisors. And, and of course, being a CFP and having been one for a while, it changes the way you need to be able to plan. Because now when all of a sudden you have the ability to earn a relatively significant amount of yield on something that is 100% liquid also, that I can be earning 8% and yet take that money out and spend it within 20 minutes, that's a that, that's a huge shift in terms of what financial advisors are going to have to know and going to have to do for their clients. You know, I think a lot of advisors would probably sell their soul if, you know, a 60-40 portfolio at 60% in equities and 40% in debt that was yielding 7 or 8% like all like it used to 50 years ago. Um, and so this is an opportunity to make our job easier. Um, it requires us to take, you know, a little bit of initiative and learn this ecosystem and learn how to navigate it. But, you know, Long gone are the days of high yield in any sort of traditional debt instrument. Perhaps they'll raise interest rates at some point, um, but the yield is to be found in other places. And with stable coins and, and liquid protocols like you know Curve.Finance or whatever, um, that, that makes our job easier. But you know it requires us to know how to do it and, and to have the open mind um, to, to find those opportunities. So yeah, I think technology solves a lot of problems, and one of the problems is going to be you know this low yield environment that we're in. It makes advisor jobs hard. Um, so perhaps this is a solution to that. That's a good old fashioned boring problem that technology is going to innovate, right? Yeah, I think it's great. And, and Jackson, I, I appreciate your coming on here and talking about how you've been able to, you know, keep the mind open and look at some of these protocols and look at what they're, they're doing and how, how much it can impact your clients and your business. So I, I truly appreciate your coming on here to, uh, to talk about at the very least, you know, how your eyes were opened and, and how you're thinking about it, because I think in the coming year and years, there are going to be a lot of advisors who have their minds opened, uh, hopefully really quickly, and we're going to have the tools that allow them to then help their clients into some of these protocols and into DeFi and, and just really change the way they plan and change their clients' lives. Yeah, well, I appreciate the invite and I'm excited to see how this ecosystem evolves. I think you guys are doing incredible work. You're definitely leading the pack here um, with you know, merging the two worlds. So it's a good work. I enjoy watching right. what you guys are doing. Thanks so much, Jackson. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Then thanks everyone for uh, listening again to the Crypto for Planners podcast, the CFP, the only CFP that really matters. And we look forward to uh, seeing you or having you listen to the next one.